awesome, oh God. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's an honor to stand and just encourage you this morning. And I just want to thank the pastor and the eldership of the house for giving me the opportunity. My reading is taken from Matthew chapter 4 and it reads, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Then Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Amen. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Amen. Amen. Now we know this is a very famous portion of scripture. And we understand that we see Jesus is tempted by the devil and after 40 days and 40 nights, it was when Jesus was hungry, we see the devil comes in. Amen. With his first attempt to tempt him. Now we might look at this part as Jesus was weak after such a long fast. But I'm here to tell you that he might have seemed weak in the natural because they say he was hungry. But spiritually, I believe he was strong. Amen. Because you know why? He did not let into the devil. Amen? Amen. He did not bow into the devil. Although the devil showed him the, the kingdoms of the world and, 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 and promised him stuff, but Jesus did not submit. You see, the book of Mark and Luke says that Jesus was tempted not just on one day or two days, but throughout the entire fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was tempted. Although we read about only three accounts, and I believe that Jesus had more encounters with the devil. Now I know, now I, I don't want you to think that we are immune to being tempted. Amen? And I also, I don't, I don't know about you, but whenever I am waiting upon, I'm waiting upon the Lord, I have the most challenging days. Amen? I don't know about you. Be it the family start acting up, be it we have issues at work, be it where things that we least expect start happening and it's so unexplainable that we start asking ourselves why? why but i'm here to tell you that it's the devil yeah. amen amen you, you must remember that jesus had just come out of being baptized and it was a glorious moment where the heavens opened and the spirit of god had descended upon him and this is when he came into the wilderness and this is when he was tested now you know what when you are faced with these temptations and these challenges it's your reaction towards it that determines your outcome and what better example do we have in the scripture than Jesus? And how his reaction was to the attack, to the tempting of, of, of Satan. Now, you know what? 
the, the devil knew Jesus. Amen. The devil also knew the word. Amen. Now I'm here to tell you, if you didn't know that, that the devil knows the word. And the devil can use the word against us. So we got to have the word in our, inside of us. Amen. Thy word have I hid in thy heart. All the days of our life, we need to seek after God. Amen. To strengthen us. Now just the same way the devil knows you. Just like how he knew Jesus. Your weakness, your weak moments, and will wait for the opportune moment to try again and again and again to test you, to persuade you, to lead you on a different track. This is what Satan comes to do. But you see Jesus, our example, he was tempted. But he stood on the word of God. Amen. And just like Jesus, church of God, we need to stand on the word of God. On the promises and the teachings of God. Not just one day. Not just for a moment. But we every day. Every minute. Every hour. Every month. Every year. Every time we engage. We need to stand on God's word. We need to seek God. Amen. In everything. Not just some things. You see the supply is not only to the old. But to the young. The young these days. And this time we're living in. Are under great attack. And we need to teach them the word of God we need to instill the word of God inside of them so that when they are faced with challenges that they're able to become overcomers amen with that being said the more we spend time with them the more they found in the house of God the more we encourage them with the word of God expose them to the things of God the more they are strengthened so today I want you to remember it's at that time of your breakthrough when God is about to elevate you amen into your next season and the next level of your faith of your mandate of your of the word that's spoken of your life it's that time when the tempting comes amen it's that time when the distraction comes it's a time when we cannot give in to what the devil has come to use to attack us amen so i'm here to encourage you we need to know the word stand on the word and use the word amen and this is what god has asked us to do and this is an example about jesus when he was in the wilderness he could have gave him but there was a mandate upon his life amen there was a promise that god had bestowed upon the son of god and just like that i'm here to tell you each and every son of god there's a promise that god has for you there's a mandate that god has for you do not be disheartened by things that are around you do not be disheartened about people acting the fool do not be disheartened by being let down do not be disheartened by just what you face in life but know that god is working it all together for your good amen so this morning can we just bow our heads father we come before you in the mighty name of jesus the name that's above every other name lord we thank you lord that we can stand on your word we can stand on your principles we can stand on your commandments oh lord and know oh father god that we are strengthened oh god that we can overcome all things oh god that father god that you have given us dominion over all things you have given us authority over all things oh god you said that we are the head and not the tail oh father god and this morning lord as sons and daughters of the most high god as we stand on the word oh god 
and we stand on the teachings of you God we know oh Father God that nothing will come against us oh God God give us a mind of discernment oh God a spirit of God that will know right from wrong oh God that we will be able to understand oh God in the midst of trials and tribulations oh God that you Father God would send the Holy Spirit Lord that will lead us guide us and show us oh God what we need to do Father today as a church of God as we stand together oh God as we build your kingdom oh God you will take care of everything else oh Lord so today your promises endure forever great is thy faithfulness morning by morning oh Father God new mercies we will see oh Lord and as we continue to seek you and search for you Father God we know Lord that you're doing a great work that you're turning situations around Lord no matter how hard it seems right now Lord no matter what the temptation might be no matter what the mountain might be whatever the obstacle might be Father God that when we apply the word oh God and when we declare and decree a thing oh God anything is possible all things are possible when we call upon the name of Jesus demons flee sickness dies mountains move stronger than ever oh God because you reassure us who we are and whose we are Father God so as we continue this morning oh Lord over your sons and daughters that are on their way still Lord we pray Father you bless them you watch over them and as we continue in your presence all glory and honor belongs to you in Jesus mighty name and the church of God said Amen, amen. can we give God praise Amen hallelujah Come on, you can do better than that, amen. Hallelujah, turn to somebody next to you and give him a high five and, or give him a smile and tell him we're here to praise our God. Amen. All glory belongs to Jesus. Come on, amen. right now. Yes. So this Sunday, we're going to take you back old school. Amen. Amen, amen. So, so, so for some of you young guys that don't know the songs, you're going to join us right now. You're going to learn it. And for all of our older people, come on, we're going to praise God like how we did in the 80s, in the 90s, amen.
Father, we exalt you. We thank you right now. That we're standing, oh God. We're standing, oh God, in victory over all things, Lord. Yeah. It's you, Lord, that's in control over all things, God. Because yeah. I search you, Lord. And I search the world. Yeah. But it couldn't fill me. And man's empty praise and treasures that fade, I never enough. You came along, and you came along, yes, Lord, and put me back together by every desire, and every desire is now satisfied, and you're in your love.
gotta do right now. There's nothing too big for our God. There's nothing that is impossible for our God. That's why, that's why we trust Him.
Sometimes we are lost. Sometimes our life gets so dark that we can't seem to find our way out of it. 
What a privilege it is. What a powerful honor it is to come around your word. And God, when we come around your word, it begins to provide illumination. It begins to provide light in our paths. And Father, it begins to give us answers. And we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. But some people in the world, across the world, don't have this opportunity. Some people in some parts of the world, they don't have this, what we are having. Where we can come around the world, and what a privilege it is. Bless this word of God. May it fall on good ground this morning. May it begin to sprout and may it germinate life inside of us. In Jesus' name, I pronounce this. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Well, I wanted to, uh, to thank Pastor Cheryl for this uh, wonderful privilege uh, to share on the theme that we have, uh, the theme that he's given us in the course of this uh, month. And so the theme is, as you know, is the price of wrong decisions and also uh, its repercussions. The price of wrong decisions. The price of ungodly decisions. The price of, it's what I like to say, inaccurate decisions that we make. And so, uh, in the past couple of weeks, we have, we have been given icons. Powerful examples of Abraham, of David, of Lot, of Elon. And Pastor Maggie uh, gave us the last two, was the of Lot and Eli. What an amazing insight of examples of the ramifications of making wrong decisions. And also I want to thank you for your, your thought-provoking testimony as a pastor and your journey. A lot of people look at you now and they think you have you, you know, this you 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 have a good in life. But they don't realize the journey that you have taken. Yeah, yeah. But thank you for sharing and being transparent about your testimony. I was inspired and encouraged. So when they shared this, they shared the implications of the price paid for inaccurate decisions that you make. There are choices when you make. It begins to reveal the cost and the consequences they suffered. And how it had tremendous impact not only on their individual lives, the impact was also upon their families. That's an amazing thing for me. Yeah. That you can make a decision and you're thinking you can get away with yeah. it. But in this news, in the last, Abraham, David, Lot, and Eli will realize that the wrong decisions you make, yeah. you're going to impact your children yeah. and your yeah. children's children. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get away with it. So, this morning, I want to deposit into you the converse of this inaccurate decisions that we will have to make. The converse means the opposite. The opposite of making inaccurate decisions and choices. That leads us to suffering the consequences and also the cost of it. Like we saw with Abraham, we saw with David, we saw with Lot, and we saw with Eli. What is this converse choice that we can make? What is this converse opposite 
choice and decisions that we can make. As a starting text, I want to go to in the book of Proverbs. Gives us the converse and the opposite of making inaccurate choices, of making ungodly decisions, of making the wrong choice. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10. And I want to read from you from the NIV version. From the NIV version. NIV. NIV. This is what it says. I like it because it's straight up. Straight up in my, in, in, when I read it, it was straight up into my heart. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10. Making the opposite and the converse of making an inaccurate choice in your life. Choose my instructions, which is my word. Instead of silver, huh? choose knowledge, which is accurate knowledge. Knowledge is not just to fill your head and make it fat. But knowledge is accurate knowledge. That word knowledge there is accurate knowledge that changes you on the inside. So it's a choose knowledge rather than the choice of gold. Wow. I wonder which one you will choose. Whether you choose the silver and gold instead of his instructions and his word or accurate knowledge. So this morning, I want to implore you to make an accurate decision. To make an accurate choice. And the results, my friend, the results is going to be a great rewards to you. Great favor, great blessings, and great grace that will come to your life and to your family's life. Yeah. This is the opposite. Yeah. The opposite you will receive is great rewards, the great favor, great blessings, and great grace will come upon your life and your family's life, the children's children's life. Choose his word. That's what Proverbs is saying to us. Choose his word. Now this has to be a personal decision. You have to make a personal choice. No, 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 no. This is, you can't rely on your husband. Can you, you can't rely on your wife. You have to make this decision. Choose his word. You have to make it. Because the word, my friend, is our rock. Yeah. Yeah. The word is our solid foundation. The word is our guide. The word is our GPS coordinate to navigate inside this world. The word is our internal software. The word is our best platform to live our lives from. Yeah. Not social media platform. Yeah. The word. The word, not social media. The word. You see, why? Because the written word of God is the speaking of God. Yeah. Listen to me, friends. This is not more than just a novel. You know, some of us think that this is a good storybook. This is not a storybook. This is not a historical book. It may give you historical accounts. But it's not an historical book. It is the speaking of God. Amen. Yeah. Let me say that again. Some of you don't catch that. It is the speaking of God. Amen. The speaking of God. It is a supernatural book. If it's the speaking of God, then this must be a supernatural book. You know, you can look at it as a portal, as a gate, as a door. 
into the heart and mind of God the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You see, every passage of scripture you look at is that like God is sending you an email. Every text that you read is like God is sending you an SMS. Because everything that's written there, it gives it's a portal into the heart and mind of God the Father. Why? Because it was given us by the inspiration of God Himself. God inspired every man to write it. 120 odd men to write the scriptures. It was inspired by God Himself. It was given to us by the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit. It was written, this was written for our instructions and our living. That's why it is intended for every one of us to use it by all of us. This word must be used by all of us. Not some of us. Not just for your children going to Sunday school. Not to be just here on a Sunday morning so you can hear the word. No, it is written for everyone. What? We think, well, the pastor, that's why we pay him. The pastor can spend the entire week locked in his room so he can study the word and bring the word to us. No, my friend. You and I have given this written word so you and I have to look at it every single moment of our lives. Now, I want to, everything I want to say this morning is, I, I am, I'm word driven. I want to look at a passage of scripture. Psalms 119. It's going to give us some principles of making the right, accurate decision of wanting nothing else but to choose the word. Psalms 119. Now, you know that Psalms 119 has 176 verses in it. No, 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 no. I'm going to keep you here for 176 verses. I'm going to speak for 35 minutes. Then I'm going to close. Why no? I'm going to speak for 35 minutes. I have my watch right here. So I'm not going to go beyond 35 minutes. Let's see what the Spirit of God does. But I'm going to speak for 35 minutes, give you some principles of understanding why you have to choose God's Word. Why you have to make that decision, I am going to choose nothing else, not social media. I am going to choose God's word. You can compare your time that you spent on social media than choosing God's word. So let's go to Psalms 19. First principle. Psalms 19. Verse, verse 9. Psalms 119. Verse 9. This is why it says, How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. By taking heed according to your word. That's interesting. He says, How can a young man cleanse his ways? Young men are under pressure. They are under pressure to give it to wicked living. They are under pressure they give it to, to give it to, into wicked living. And so it starts there. That's the starting point. But don't think that the principle that we are going to look at only applies to young men. If it applies to young men because he's facing pressure of giving it to wicked living, it applies to every one of us to give it to sinful living. 
Our spirit life at the cross of Christ got, it, got ignited. The spirit life became alive inside of us at the cross of Christ. When you consider the cross of Christ in whatever meeting you were, at that particular night, at that particular day, that particular moment, your spirit life got ignited. But we carry in our physical body from then on the residue of sin. We carry the residue of sin. The sinful nature of Adam is what we carry in this physical body. And this is where the struggle is. This is where the battle is in our lives. So, how can we deal with the residue of sin in our physical bodies? How can we deal with it? We can't deal with it. Yes, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 and verse 27. But let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. How can we deal with the residue of sin? How can we deal with the residue of sin in our physical bodies? That's where we have temptation. How can we deal with it? How can we slow it down? How can we nullify it? How can we, we, we bring this, the, the, the whole aspect of falling into sin that we don't give into it? How can we control that? He says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, the residue of sin. He says that he, Jesus is speaking, he says that he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her. Who is the her? The her is the bride. He says that Jesus might sanctify and cleanse her. Not from the heavens. How does he cleanse and sanctify the bride, every one of us? Who make up the bride? With the washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. Verse 27. Why? Why he wants us washed and clean? That he, Jesus, by present her to himself a glorious church. What does that mean? No spot, no wrinkle, or blemish, or any such thing. But that she, which is the bride, should be holy and without blemish. How does that come about? How can we have that place where we are no, we are without blemish and we are holy? It's by the washing of the word. The cleansing. The washing, the purifying happens to your life through and by the word. Yes, I think that the more you read God's word, the more you will detox your physical life from its sin. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Because that's what that's what Hebrews, that's what the Ephesians 5 is telling us. The more you read God's word, the more you will begin to purify yourself. You wash yourself. You will cleanse yourself. That's what he's telling the young man. That's what God is telling you and I. If you want to be purified and cleansed from falling into sin, then you must, you and I must get to reading his word. Yeah. Because that's where the purification happens. That's where the cleansing happens. That's where the washing happens. As you use water to wash away things that are, that are dirty in your clothes, then God is saying, every time you look at the word water in the Bible, it represents one thing, word. Yeah. Number two. Verse 12. Let's go to verse 12. I'll read a couple of verses here in verse 12 to the next principle. Verse 12. It says this. We're choosing His word. He says, blessed are you, O Lord, 
Teach me your statutes. Teach me your word. Another word for statutes is teach me your word. Let's go to verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, the way of your word, and I shall keep them to the end. Yeah. Verse 66. Do you hear one word that's coming out? Verse 66. I'm a companion of all who fear you. Verse 66, sorry. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. How would you get good, good judgment about anything? It says, teach me, your, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Another word for word. Commandments. 135. Let's go to verse 135. Verse 135. It's all here in God's word. 135. It says, Make your face shine upon your servant. Teach me your statutes. Yeah. Teach. There's one. You see those two words there? Teach yeah. me. Yeah. Teach me. The psalmist is asking God. He's emphasizing it. Teach me. Teach me. Yeah. Teach me your commandments. Yeah. Teach me your word, oh yeah. God. Teach. It means you educate. It means to instruct. It means to coach. Ha, nice word. It means to train. It means to instill. It means to implant knowledge. Everything that inside of God, He wants to teach you. He wants to instruct you. He wants to coach you. He wants to educate you. Everything that's in His heart and mind, He wants to bring it to you. You see, we must pray to God to be taught. By the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. To give you knowledge. This must be your cry. This must be your desire. Teach me your word, oh God. Inquire from the Holy Spirit. That's why He gave the Holy Spirit to us. Inquire from the when you open a passage of scripture, don't think it's boring. Begin to say, Holy Spirit, what is the same to me today? Inquire yeah. from the Holy Spirit. What is when I'm reading this passage of scripture? I'm reading five verses. God, there's something out there that you want me to read, it's jumping out at me. What is it? Inquire yeah. from the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you read the scripture. You see, always be a learner, always be a student of His Word. Yeah. Daily. Let me say that again. Yeah. Always be a learner, always be a student of His Word daily. Yeah. Not weekly, daily. Not put it on the television and allow somebody else to read the scripture to you. No, no, no. He said, teach me. So when I open the scripture, Lord, I know that you are going to deposit, you are going to instruct me, you are going to, not only instruct me, you are going to coach me. Yeah. What's your word? Teach me your word, oh God. Teach me your word. Verse 42. Let's go to verse 42. Let's go to verse 42. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Verse 42. So shall I have an answer for him. Who reproaches me. For I trust in your word. For I trust in your word. I trust in. 
See, I'll have an answer for anybody. For any, any person wanting some answers from me. How is it? Because I trust in His Word. To trust Him. You see, to trust Him means to depend totally and completely. To depend totally and completely. It's like oxygen. To depend totally and completely. You don't have oxygen, you are going to die. If you don't have this word, you are surely going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You can't exist without his word. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say that again. You can't exist without his word. Because you have, to, you have to trust in the word. You have to rely on his word. You have to count on his word. You have to bank on his word. You have to have total confidence in his word. Come hell or high water. Come brutal storms in your life. Come chaos and crisis. I am going to do nothing else but trust in God's word. Will you make an accurate decision of choice this morning? That the Holy Spirit teach you his word. Will you make that choice that's accurate this morning? To trust in his word. Verse 50. Verse 50. Verse 50. This is my comfort. In my affliction. This is my comfort in my affliction. For your word. Renew me. For your word. Renews me. Quickens me. Renews me. Refreshes me. To renew. <laughs> to renew. To give life. In other words, another translation says your word gives me life. To renew you. We want to choose his word. Why? Because it will, that's the only thing that's going to renew you. What does renew mean? It means to transform you. Ha! Huh. You see, let me tell you something. If you've given your life to Christ 10 years ago, and by now, if you are the same individual 10 years ago, then you are just a religious Christian. Yeah, yeah. You're not a disciple of Christ. Because you're supposed to be, as Romans chapter 12 says, you're supposed to be transformed. Yeah, yeah. And the person who has seen you 10 years ago, he will look at you, not because you lost weight and all of that. It says, man, you changed so much, or you put on weight and all of that. No, it has nothing to do with the physical. When that person talks to you, they must know that you have truly changed from 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Transform. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, transformation. You see, not only it transforms you, but revitalizes you. Yeah. It refreshes you. It reestablishes you. You lost your way, then you can be validated again. That's what renew is. It means to make new. Yeah. Yeah. Not repair. Yeah. Not renovate you. Yeah. But renew. Renew means to remove the old sinful nature and replace it with Christ-like nature in and through his word. Yeah. yeah. You see, Jesus is coming back. He's coming up for a people that look just like him. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 says. As we are in the world, we will be like him. Yeah. 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 But how do we get to be like him? Is when we are being renewed 
internally by His Word. We have to be renewed. We have to be revitalized. We have to be changed. We have to be transformed inside out. Inside out. Let's go on. Man, this is so exciting. Verse 16. Let's go to verse 67. Verse 67. Besides being renewed, we want to choose His word so that we can be renewed. Verse 67. This is why it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. He went astray and then he went afflicted. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep your word. But now, I keep, you learned a big lesson. But now, I keep your word. That means to obey. Keep your word is to obey. Obey means to activate, to become doers of his word. We hear sermons, we must have heard in your lifetime you hear thousands of sermons. But that's all it is sometimes for most people in the Christian community who are filled with churchianity and are disciples of Christ. Is that nothing is transforming them is because the word is only for the moment once they leave the house, it's forgotten. We have to obey. We have to obey. We have to activate his word. Listen to me. I'm here. I am seen. I'm right now. You know, I have seen the, the Muslim community, as as you know, is that they will never, they, they, they will never be disobedient to the word, to their word. Yeah. On the other hand, we have Buddhism. All the Buddhists in the world. This, that is one of the one of the three big religions in the world. Buddhism. But you know something? All of them, they will never ever take the written scriptures for granted. They will sit under a tree. If that word was told them to sit under the tree for the rest of your life, you don't eat anything, but you focus on me, on their God, they will do that. They will do that. Why? It's because they take their word seriously. How much more we who have the truth of the word? The truth of the word. But we don't ever look at it. We don't ever read it. We don't ever bring ourselves to obedience. To obey means to do the bidding of the Father. To obey means to carry out and follow instructions fully. To follow without complaint. Obey. To act upon it happily. With full of joy. See, Jesus says to his disciples, teach them to obey. That means you must apply to every critical area of your life. When you apply to every critical area of your life, then you are going to change and you are growing into Christ. If you're not growing, you are dying. If you are not growing, you are dying. The only way you can grow into Christ and change is through His Word. Not another another Sunday morning for 30-minute sermon. Is when you are looking at his word. When you are looking at his word. You see, don't wait to go astray like that we just read now. Don't wait to go astray and be afflicted to keep his word. Choose to obey. Decide to obey. Choose to obey. Decide to obey. 
You see, let us make this accurate decision to renew and to obey in order so that we can receive generational blessings. When we choose to renew and choose to obey, then we will not only receive generational blessings, but favor yeah. and heavenly rewards and inheritance. Yeah. I'm almost going to be there. But let's go on. Are you excited about God's word? Amen. Let's go. Verse 82. Verse 82. Verse 82. It says, My eyes fail from searching your word, saying, When will you comfort me? My eyes fail from searching your word. My eyes fail from searching your word. In other words, we want to choose his word. That's the decision we have to make. Choose it. In 2023, we're making a decision for God. I am choosing to follow your word. And the word that it says in verse 82 is searching. That means to long after. Another translation says, to long after your word. Not, you know, to have a longing after. It means to have a deep, unsatisfied desire. Yeah. A deep, unsatisfied desire. To have a passionate Longing. To have a passionate longing. In other words, to have a craving for his word. To have a yearning for his word. To have a wanting, a searching after his word. Do you have a craving like that? Do you have a desire like that? Do you have a yearning like that? That if you miss reading his word, like if you miss you miss your breakfast or you miss your, uh, your supper. You have a craving. You can't sleep at night. It's because you missed out your supper. But do you have that same kind of desire? The craving. The desire. The longing for his... You have to make this choice, my friend. Yeah. You have to make this choice. Yeah. Because you realize we can't take the other kind of... De the other, the other de de decision or choice. Because we're going to suffer badly. But we'd rather take this choice and this decision is because there's going to be blessings upon our lives. Yeah, yeah. Not only on our lives, but on our family's lives. Let's go. Verse uh, 79. Verse 79. Verse 79. So let those who fear you turn to me. 97, sorry. That was much. 97. Sorry, 97. 97. Oh, how I love your law, your word. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 113. Verse 113. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. I love your word. Psalm, uh, verse 159. Consider how I love your precepts. Consider how I love your precepts. Receive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. 167. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly I love them exceedingly 
exceedingly means greater than. Exceedingly, exceedingly means to go beyond the expected. To go over the limits exceedingly. To surpass any kind of restriction exceedingly. I love your word exceedingly. You see, when somebody loves you like that, or if you love somebody like that, there's no words to describe it. But you and I have to make a decision or a choice to make. Love his word exceedingly. Love his word exceedingly. For the sake of our well-being and to the sake of your children and your children's children. That's why you have to love his word exceedingly. Above everything. Above your children. Above your grandchildren. Above your spouse. Above everything that you love now. You're going to love his word exceedingly. It becomes the number one. The number one priority in your life. Do you love his word exceedingly? Psalms 161. 161. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. No matter what happens, no matter what happens to you, they persecute me, no matter what happens to you, no matter, no matter what's happening around you, I am going to stand in awe of his word. But how many of us can really say that? How many of us can really begin with conviction say, yes, the word, I stand in awe of his word. To stand in awe of his word, it means to be amazed. It means to be surprised. It means to be astonished at his word. It means to be in wonder and in reverence. It may, you know, not to be dull and stay. When you look at the word, it's just blank words to you. No, my friend, you have to stand in awe of his word. Will you make this accurate decision this morning? Stand in awe of his word. Love his word exceedingly. Long after his word. Nothing else must matter. Nothing else must matter but his word. Two more and then I'm done. I told you I want to finish in 30 minutes. Two more and I'm done. Once, 162. 162. 162. He says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. You see people on television when they find great treasure. How excited they look. They can't stop talking about this treasure that they spent years uh, in deep sea looking for treasure. When they find it, you see it in their eyes. It all lights up. Because it's millions and millions of dollars that they found. Just lying in the ground for, for hundreds of years. And they found it. It says that's how the word must be to you. Wow, what a powerful picture. Like a person finding treasure, you and I must rejoice. Like a man finding treasure. To rejoice means to be filled with joy. To be a family of joy. 
to be a people of joy. Why? It's because you're looking at his word. That's why you're filled with joy. Not because anybody makes you happy. It's because you are being made filled with joy. It's because of the word in your life. Some people look like they've been sucking lemons for all of their lives. <laughs> Feel sorry for them. Because they're missing out on rejoicing yeah. in His Word. Yeah. That's what's missing. Yeah. No, you have Christ, I know that. But what's missing in your life? You want to get the joy of Christ in your life? Then you have to begin to dig into His Word. Like a mind, like a mind finding treasure, you too will be full with joy. Yeah. Then you'll become a family of joy. Yes. Then become a people of joy. Yeah. Then people look at you and say, what's up with you? Are you on drugs? <laughs> yes. I'm high on the Word. To celebrate in wonder of His Word. That's what to be full of joy is. To celebrate at the wonder of His Word. To be overjoyed because what the Word is, what God is saying to you. Is to be glad and to be excited. Verse 172, I've reached my last point. Verse 172. Verse 172. My tongue would speak of your word. For all your commandments are righteous. My tongue would speak of your word. In other words, my tongue would speak of your word. It means to share that word. To tell others about that. Are we talking about other people about the latest thing that's happening on your, on your television screen? On Netflix? The latest movie that you saw, the latest soap opera, the latest episode. Is that what you're sharing with your friends? No. Or are you sharing because you love the word? Yeah. To share means to tell others. It means to engage with others in conversation. That person will share all the nonsense that they have gone through in the course of the week and all of that. But when it comes to you sharing, you are sharing what the word of God, the supernatural God, speaking through his supernatural book, yeah, yeah. is speaking to you. What he said to you this morning. What he said to you in the course of the week. To share means to testify. To speak of, it means to testify of its impact and its impartation into your life. Yeah. There are too many religious people who take their Bible. Now, by the way, it's fashionable these days not to carry Bibles. Living in what? Because we're living in the 21st century. People don't carry Bibles anymore. Sing it. Let that sink in. Don't carry Bibles anymore. Because we have it up there. But where is your? So you can underline it. So you can you can you can begin to say, I want to look at this. I will go home and study. This preacher is preaching something I haven't heard before. It's very hard. Is it truly from God's word? You can pick it. You can go home now. You can look at it because you underlined it. You, you've colored it and all of that. That's what I do in my Bible. Any meetings I notice, most meetings I notice, people don't carry their Bibles anymore. Now you may have it, but you know something? There's a lot of trash coming through that, through those, through the cell phone and all of that. So mixing the Bible with all the trash that's on your cell phone. 
Maybe I'm old-fashioned. But you know something? We have to begin to love His Word. I'm closing. But in order for you and I, we have to make a decision to choose, as we read in Proverbs, choose His Word. But when you choose His Word, this is how you're going to reap the benefits. This is how you're going to reap the rewards. This is how you're going to reap the blessings. This is how you're going to reap the, reap the favor. This is how you're going to reap the grace of Father, which is going to multiply itself within you, within you and within your family. And by the way, these benefits and rewards and blessings and favor, you know what we've done it with that? You know what we've done with that? We've chanted it. We just made a big chant. Oh, I'm receiving the blessings. I'm receiving. We made a big chant of blessings and favor of God. But I want to take you back that the only way to receive it is through His Word. Yeah. Love His Word. Those are the people that are going to receive the favor, the blessings of God. Through His Word, through His precepts, through His commands, through His statutes, through His ordinances. Those are all words for His Word. We must truly become, this must become our foundation. It must become our anchor. It must become our guide. It must become our GPS coordinates. It must become our internal program. It must become our platform. Yeah. Every day of our life. So what is your eternal decision? What is your eternal choice? I said to you this morning, it is custom. This is a one-on-one -on -one decision that you have to make. This is an individual life choice. Individual life choice that you have to make. So let's not be like Abraham. Let's not be like David. Let's not be like Lot. Let's not be like Eli. That's why they were spoken for the last three, four weeks. Making inaccurate decisions and they suffered for you. And they passed on the cost and the consequences to their family. I have made up my mind. I am not going to be like David. I am not going to be like, like Lot. I am not going to be like Eli. I am not going to be like Abraham. I am choosing, as I was meditating on this, I am choosing to make this one choice, and that is to choose his word. Instead of silver, I am choosing his knowledge instead of gold. What about you this morning? What about you? For the sake of your life and for the sake of your family, choose His Word. Let's pray. Blessing and honor, Father. Blessing and honor be unto you. We realize, oh God, that we are going to be standing as person by person. We're going to be standing as individuals on the day of judgment. Nobody else is going to speak for us. Nobody else is going to fight for us. But we are going to be standing one-on-one -on -one with you. And so we have to make a decision. We have to make a choice that has implications that's going to impact upon our children and our children's children. May it be a righteous decision
to choose your word of God. Maybe a righteous decision to read your word. Maybe a righteous decision of God that we will begin to look at Psalms 119 and realize all of these things we have to make a choice of. Ten value systems that we looked at this morning. Father, I pray for this household. I pray for every individual. Make the right choice. In the time that we're living in, we have nothing to run to but to your word. We have nothing to turn to but your word that becomes our GPS coordinates, that becomes our guide, that becomes our mirror, that becomes, oh God, our design, our architectural design for our lives. May we choose your word. May we choose your word. Bless this household in Jesus' name. Amen.